Harden starts it out, maybe a three on one. Right side, Harden comes in with Colasar, got to do it, he scores! Keegan Colasar puts the Knights in the lead. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Now the Knights come out, Stone across the line drifting, Stevenson in with speed through the right circle, back for Stone, he scores! What a setup! Vegas takes the lead! Getting you ready for tonight's game live from T-Mobile Arena. Normally we're upstairs on the flight deck for the VGK Insider Show before a Vegas Golden Knights game. Today, a little bit different as the home opener features the gold carpet the players have gone through and what a scene. People have been out here all afternoon getting ready for the players to walk this gold carpet and it was a scene multiple people deep and really cool to see everybody back yeah it was awesome it's really cool to be around this right now especially after what the last couple of years have been like and you know you you just you want to have some some normalcy and this was absolutely it for uh, a golden knights team that goes all out every single year for the home opener it was really nice to be out and see the fans get this type of access to the players ahead of time. Golden Pipes, Carnell Johnson. He's working yeah, he the is. gold carpet. Famous. And that's a guy with his style. Yeah. You see what he's doing? Yeah. No tie. I know. Just I know. Feeling it out here on the gold carpet. I was going to see if he wanted to stop by. And Again, it's a, plaid, it's a plaid suit. Is it a sports coat or... Well, suit. Sports coat. That's sports coat. Yeah. Sports coat. I'll take it. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of those ones where uh, sport, like Alec Martinez, yeah. I talked about this. Yeah, he yeah. a sports coat. Hey, Carnell. He just kept Oh, on. no, no, I no. Did, I didn't want to yell. The fans are because more I've, important, I've which got is the perfectly microphone. fine. Yeah. Jed, can you grab Carnell? Just give him a tap. <laughs> I know that's not your job description. But just give him a tap on the shoulder and see if he'll join us. Oh, you can do it. There it is. He's it's happening. Jed's had to do this a couple of times for yeah. us. Yeah. Where he's where he's had to go out and fetch a guest. <laughs> and, and, and he does it so polite. Yeah. He does it so polite. And he doesn't want to bother them. But he but he did it. Yeah. And and here we are. Yeah. So first of all, Jed. Jed, thank you for doing that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Carnell, I tried to yell at you to get your attention as you walked by, but you, the, the fans were just all over you. You didn't even see me. No, and actually, I tried to actively ignore you on a regular basis, so <laughs> I'm only saying that Ryan's right in front of me, so I got to say Yeah, that. no, it's, ex it's exactly right. You turned around, you saw it with me, and you said, okay, that's fine. What, what's this been like for you? Um, you know what? It's it, it, We're back. It's You know, we've had those uh, couple of seasons where it was just weird starting with nobody and then a couple thousand and then 10,000 and then getting back all the way back up but we couldn't do the gold carpet now being out here seeing all these fans you know it's just it sometimes can get a little bit overwhelming of uh, just the love that everybody's out pouring right now so what are you wearing give so me an idea I see, of what and you I, got I heard you earlier yeah. this week or last week you're like I want to ask what everyone's wearing yeah I was gonna go to to like some little department store and get like a, a cold suit or anything I could you know but, what, uh, you know what my tie is what is that a mazong 
I have no clue what that is. That's Amazon, but I oh say it. <laughs> but if I say it, if I say it differently with a with a and really fast, nobody knows. Amazon. Yeah. Well, so, now they do. Right. And well, and this one is actually a Gaetano fashion, which oh. he actually makes a lot of the suits for the players. I like your pocket square. So thank you. He gave me that one uh, for free when he made the suit. I was like, thanks. I dig the suit. I, I don't have a suit. We, we've, it's been well documented on the show. But if I did have a suit, it'd be this. It's phenomenal. It looks great. Uh, what are you? What kind of energy are you expecting in the building tonight when you get out there to sing the anthem? You know, I, I was uh, hearing a little bit of what's going to happen beforehand, and I can't give anything away, obviously. But it's, it's going to get everyone hyped up. And then when I get out there, I just know that that feeling is just going to continue probably all through the entire game. You know, we're, we're ready to be back. They're ready to be back. I'm ready to be back. Everyone's just been jonesing for this for like three months now. Do you want to know what's going to happen with the show? Again, we're not going to say what's going to happen, but do you want to know what's going to happen with the show so you're prepared for any type of like ah, you're prepared for that so it doesn't distract you from your job um no i like to be surprised um the first time is always a little bit harder because you're trying to pay attention to everything and yeah. things you might not know about but uh hey, you no, want to watch the, the nitron too right you want i do you know and actually i'd love to be uh, up higher seeing that what's on what they're projecting down on the ice but you know i don't i don't get that luxury so i'll catch that on a youtube darn later. it you got to be at ice level i know right we met up there uh, i know a, a so, couple weeks ago so i was doing rinkside reporting i ran into carnell yeah. and and we were having this great talk and then he ditched me because he said he had to go sing but yeah. it, it wasn't the time for the anthem yet mm. he had to do the the warm-up yeah thing. he ditched me. i think he was just ditching me <laughs> yeah, yeah no <laughs> that's I, what i think I, carnell and i have had multiple conversations about how to get out of things with you <laughs> i'm glad to know that the lessons are really paying off for you buddy. I, I, I take them to heart hey uh, <laughs> this is awesome you're back you're walking the gold carpet you're going in and saying thanks for stopping by you're such a great friend and supporter of the program really appreciate it man have the greatest time tonight i appreciate you guys and we'll see you later yeah and uh, thanks for uh, answering to jet when he when he came by oh yeah if it would have been you i've been like no, i'm gonna keep going <laughs> I <laughs> love you, Darren. <laughs> ah, golden pipes. <laughs> Garnell Johnson with us. Uh, that's awesome. He gives me the fist bump after. We're good. Jed, yeah. can you, you, you put your mic down for us here? Yeah. That that was awesome that you did that for us. Really appreciate it. Sure. I know it's not part of your job description, but that's the most polite request I've ever seen <laughs> of somebody to come over for an interview. All right. Well, okay. I'll take that as a, a it was super comp. I, I I don't I don't know how I, else I could have asked, but like oh. I, well, like you like grabbed him on the shoulder and said, "Oh, hey. okay." But I you walked over there. You're a yeah. play. You let him finish okay. uh, uh, talking to the fans. Yeah. I know a lot of people that would have just like give okay. a shot in the shoulder and say, "Hey, can you go talk to these guys?" Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that that probably is actually how most people would have done it. Yeah. But very polite. So calm, uh, cool, and collected. He's, he's great. So we've got Chicago going tonight. Yeah, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they're going to start a different goaltender than they did last night. Stalock's going to go okay. uh, instead. They got a couple of other roster decisions that they're going to uh, throw in. Uh, Caleb Jones is going to be able to play uh, from the sounds of it. So that's that's a, a different look. It shouldn't matter at all. This is. When they say we got to play our game, it's how we play, that sums up tonight's game for the Golden Knights. I'm with you 100%. For the Golden Knights, it's really about 
continuing to build the good habits in your game that are going to serve you in game number 30, 40, 50. And you can do that against a Chicago Blackhawks team that we all know is is rebuilding, and their their eyes are set on the future. It doesn't mean that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves aren't going to be out there trying. Those are two players that have won a lot and have a ton of pride. But for the Golden Knights to a man, if you focus on your game and you impose your game on Chicago, this should be one where you get two points at the end of it. And with a good start, you can blow the roof off this place. Much like what Chicago went through last night yeah. in the banner-raising ceremony in Colorado. It was primed. It was ready. The, the fuse was lit. They just had to avoid somebody cutting it and uh, delaying the explosion. Tonight, this, this environment, yeah. Vegas, from what they did the other night, being able to score and all the big guys scoring is, is popping. It has been a long time for these fans between Golden Knight home games. A long time, the longest in franchise history. The roof is ready to come off if the Golden Knights are able to start and, and take it to Chicago early. You get a couple of early goals, and it's gonna be very reminiscent of, of just how this team could, could snowball on opponents early on in their history. Because all the, the recipes there, everything's there for the Golden Knights to do it. You just have to execute when it starts, and, and, a, and a strong start to this game is going to be incredibly important. Vegas has owned Chicago over the course of the franchise's uh, meetings. Yeah. But there's a little payback to come towards Chicago tonight. Yeah. If you remember, it was the shootout loss in Chicago for the Golden Knights that ended the playoff aspirations for Vegas Yep. that night. This has an opportunity to... It won't write that. It won't make it go away. It'll not uh, turn it around, but you, you got to give them back one. Well, I, I agree with you. I, 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 which, you know, again, as we, as we talked about in an hour number one, is, as far as trap games go, yes, this is one, but I think that aspect in the Golden Knights psyche is there that you want to make sure you pay one back to this Chicago Blackhawks team. I, I don't think that the Golden Knights are going to have a, a tough time flipping that switch and getting themselves into a mode where they take it to Chicago early. The other opportunity tonight is to get the power play going. Yeah. And I should rephrase that. Keep the power play going. Because they did score yeah. a man advantage goal the other night. Three five and five and one on the power play. They didn't score their first power play goal a year ago <laughs> until game 11. Yeah. They yeah. got that out of the way in game number one. And the work that they've sort of started to put into it is going to take a while to build up. But just scoring that power play with all the talk about this franchise uh, and the man advantage of the last couple of years was huge. Tonight maybe one of those ones where you where you jump on an opposition that is early in their own right but not expected to be a contender. It could be one of those areas where you where you really pile up a couple. I mean the way that I look at it is you want to see a similar trajectory in this game than what you got uh, against the LA Kings. You want to see the right people scoring. So you want to see William Carlson continue to find the back of the net or continue to put up points. You want to see Mark Stone 
continue to be a big part of the offense. You want to see Jack Eichel continue to do what he did in game number one here in game number two. But you're you're talking about the power play, and to me, it's all about options. It's all about different options and being unpredictable. And I thought the Golden Knights did a really good job of presenting different options when they were set up. Was it perfect? No but they were able to find some different plays that weren't in their repertoire last year, and they scored on one of them. I want to continue to see those things on display for the Golden Knights when it comes to their power play specifically. Man advantage will make a, a difference in this team and being able to win some hockey games. We saw at times that it cost them opportunities a year ago. That's big. Uh, I still think they're they're playing with a couple of combinations uh, on the power play, mm -hmm. and what's going to work. That will be it, and it is quite honestly because of all the different system work that they did and so much five on five emphasis during the course of training camp. They're a bit behind in, in this area, but that just the the talent when you've got an Eichel who's fully healthy and a Kessel who's who's added to your group plus everybody feeling good like William Carlson looks on the ice like a different player he's playing one line down but looks better than he did all of last year yeah I agree with you 100 confidence wise right yeah he's got confidence and, and you know for Will that's such a big part of his game the 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 ability to lean into that confidence and when he's going He's so good, and we know what he does defensively, but William Carlson being an offensive player for this team, a guy that puts the puck in the back of the net, that drives offense for you, it only makes you deeper. And, and, you know, you look at that game, and I know it's one sample size, one game against L.A., but the way that Bruce Cassidy was able to distribute the ice time because you had your bottom six, quote, bottom six, contributing meaningful minutes, that's how you're going to outpace teams as you go along in an 82-game season. Remember the goal scorers the other night? I do. Give them to me again. Jonathan Marchessault was the first goal. Jack Eichel second. Will Carlson third. And Mark Stone fourth. All right. Would you agree if those guys are putting the puck in the net all on the same night, there's a pretty good chance you're going to win the game? More often than not, yeah. Would you believe... That that's the second game in a row that those four have scored <laughs> because they did so the last game of the previous season okay. when yeah. they were in St. Louis and then they repeated it on opening night. Now, there's a sizable gap in there. Sure. But yeah. momentum's momentum. <laughs> Oh, you're not you're not trying that, are you? Yeah, Ed and I had a good Grady and I had a good long talk uh, this morning. But I just I, I mentioned like getting those guys all to score. Yeah, at the same night, they've done it twice in franchise history, and they've done it the last two regular season games. It's an obvious yeah. joke. Yeah, but boy, oh boy, does it make life easier on you when those guys are going well. I would make the argument that the way the lines shake out right now for the Golden Knights, it gives you a better than average chance, or, or at least a better chance, that those guys might find the score sheet together on most nights. Because you've got Carlson split apart from Stone and split apart from Smith 
and Eichel. You've got so many more options in, in every every time you throw a line over the board. So I think the, the fact that you're able to balance things out and that you're not putting all four of those guys into your into the top two lines gives you a little bit more spread out offense. I think that you might see that happen more often this year because of how things shake out and, and where they're at in the lineup. You're gonna admit something. Coming into the second week of training camp, I was all about the Eichel line. I, I can't didn't get enough of Riley Smith and yeah. Phil Kessel. Yep. Now that we're going into game two and the adjustments that we've seen with uh, Butch Cassidy and with Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, now with Brett Howden, John the so teamed up with William Carlson. Sounds like Paul Cotter tonight. I don't know whether I've got a favorite line. And then, <laughs> and then you've got you've got William Carrier and Nick Waugh going out with Keegan Colasar, who were outstanding the other night. I, you, you tell me who your favorite line is. I don't know right now. I I don't think that there that there is one. And, and I I think that's going to be the really interesting thing for Vegas is how long are you able to keep the line configurations this way? Ultimately, you want to go 82 games, right? Like, you want to have this type of balance, this type of depth all throughout your lineup for every single game that you play. Um, each line is different for different reasons. You've got a ton of speed with Bill Kessel and Jack Eichel and Riley Smith. They do things in transition other lines just cannot do. They hold on to the puck so much. Uh, then you've got Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson who are dynamite together. You combine that with Brett Howden going direct to the front of the net. There are some really cool moments with that line. And then, you know, what more can you say in this market with this team in this city about Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson and the chemistry those two have together uh, and then the energy that your fourth line brings. Like, the Golden Knights have as balanced a lineup as they've ever had. It's really that simple. All four lines can be trusted, and all four lines are going to go out there and do their jobs. You know what you can't do, though? What's that? You can't keep the misfits apart. I think I think if you want a balanced attack, you can. But they tried to play them on three different lines. Okay. They're, they're okay. drawn. They're so, drawn together. So Marcheseau and Carlson end up being back together. No. Okay. I see your point, and you're right. It, it's it's an experiment that has happened time and time again. But there's dynamite with William Carlson and Riley and and Jonathan Marcheseau. Those two players just work together. They just work together, and. I think in seeing what they've been able to do over the course of their career and how they work so well off of one another since coming to Vegas, you want to see if there's other avenues you can explore, but you're right. You can't break those two up. Those two guys, you just can't do it. Do you think it was the final preseason game playing with Riley Smith and Jack Eichel that got Jonathan March so going? Or was it him just simply flipping a switch and it's go time? I, I think it's probably more that. I, I mean, there's familiarity, obviously, playing with, with Riley Smith. And, you know, I, I think Riley's just a, kind of an easy guy to play with. Um, but for me, like, Jonathan Marcheseau loves being a Vegas Golden Knight. He, he loves putting on that sweater for this team in the regular season. And I think that that was just the, the true tune-up game for him, that he was able to flip that switch and get ready to go. Golden Knights players have all made their way down the gold carpet here at T-Mobile Arena and Toshiba Plaza. And now they're inside 
going through the video meetings and then getting ready for the warm-up. Oh, nighttime. Uh, the doors, by the way, are opening earlier than normal here at T-Mobile Arena in about 10 minutes' time just uh, because there's been uh, such a great crowd out here all day and uh, giving them an opportunity to, uh, to get uh, in and get settled and continue the party. But there's still a ton of Golden Knight fans uh, out here right now. Uh, Jack Eichel was flying the other night. The penalty killers did their part to kill off a couple of penalties. Uh, that uh, One, in fact, that uh, Phil Kessel took late. So uh, they were amazing. Mark Stone was the hero. Chandler Stevenson overshadowed a little bit for a really good hockey game. Didn't score, but a couple points. Yeah, I, I thought Chandler was really, really good. I, again, it, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, they were strong together. Brett Howden, that line, I liked a lot in that game. Um, you know, but but Chandler knows how to find those pockets and use his speed to his advantage. And when you have the speed of Chandler Stevenson and the hockey IQ of Mark Stone, you, you've got two guys that just play off of one another. I thought Chandler was good in his own zone. I thought he was good in the neutral zone. And I thought that he was really good at kind of driving offense for the Golden Knights when, when you wanted to kind of take momentum back. That was a line that you could trust to do that. It's funny, after game number one, this thing could go any different uh, direction with dominant performances early in the season with those four big names all finding the score sheet and Chandler Stevenson uh, having a couple of different points. I'm, I'm curious to see what game two will offer. Ryan's going to head inside right now and get set up in uh, section 104 and be ready for the latter half of the VGK Insider Show. One-timers, news notes from around the NHL uh, to come. And then the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network at 6 o'clock leading up to the face-off with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless. Uh, looking forward to everything that's got to, uh, to come in a couple of minutes from inside the building as we continue to enjoy and revel in the celebration on the plaza with the Vegas Golden Knights having walked the red carpet and soaked up all the energy of being back and being right there with the fans, signing autographs, all the high fives. People are still walking the red carpet. VGK employees coming by. There's uh, Harvin is there. Uh, he's, he's my IT specialist uh, as he keeps me online. But uh, this is an important game. I, I know it's the home opener, and it's coming on the heels of the season curtain raiser in Los Angeles. A chance to go 2-0. It's an important game. The most games that Vegas has won out of the gate is four. That was a couple of years ago. They've, they've won three in a row, at least three in a row, twice. They can get halfway to the record tonight with a win. But it's important for other reasons. One, it's a team that you're supposed to be able to beat. You're healthy. Capitalize on that. The other one is, after tonight... Vegas heads off to Seattle on Saturday and then we'll face the Calgary Flames, the tweaked Calgary Flames. No more Matthew Kachuk, John Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger in the lineup. That makes three of the first four games for the Golden Knights on the road. So tonight being able to, if you capitalize on this opportunity and all this energy, you can start 2-0 before you head to uh, 
Seattle, and then a really tough game against what you would say would be one of the top competitors for the Pacific Division title this year in Calgary. Huge to make sure that you're ahead of it, that you're making sure that you can jump on and put yourself in a position to be able to put those wins in the bank before you face Seattle, before you face the Calgary Flames. 4-0 to start the season if they run the table, those those two games, including, and then tonight, that's a huge start. But you got to put yourself in a position. It's, it's early to be talking about pressure, and that's the wrong word to put into this conversation. But positioning yourself to be in a spot to enjoy the success is what it is. Jack Eichel's flying. Mark Stone is back to his old self. William Carlson looks as confident as I've seen him in a year and a half. Nick Waugh anchoring that fourth line with the energy line that can still put the puck in the net. Never mind Petrangelo made the play the other night. Uh, the possibility that Nick Hague could play and make his debut, giving them their starting six, their top six defensemen in the lineup tonight. There's a lot to love about it, but you still have to go out. You still have to win the game. And, and I haven't even mentioned Logan Thompson in this. Like, Logan Thompson is starting a home opener for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. A couple of days after playing the season opener. He was in the American Hockey League last year at the start of the season. He went out and he earned this job in the absence of Robin Leonard. He is the guy right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Ride it as long as you can. There'll be bumps. And, and I'll say the test of, of Logan Thompson doesn't really even start until there is at some point in the next couple of months a bump to see how he handles that adversity but ride it I don't want adversity now I want to ride this thing for as uh, long as we can hey uh, Chapman are you coming to the game tonight yeah of course I'll be there all right you uh, you are in for a show man I've heard a couple of different things you are in for a show uh, with the uh, presentation of the Vegas Golden Knights. That is something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, enjoy it. Uh, I know that uh, Bruce Cassidy mentioned your jaw shirt today. Yeah. During, during, yeah. How I cool was that? Well, I wasn't surprised that he mentioned it as much as, how do you get away with wearing a shirt with jaws on it to a media conference? I was just disappointed he didn't give me a shout-out for my Jets T-shirt yesterday. My good. Well, you stand right in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, Your position sit, sit, yeah. right in his eye line. Yeah, he can't get away from you. No, it was uh, it was cool. He was like, at first, I didn't know what he said, and I looked down. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks. Oh, I wore yeah. this 1970s T-shirt. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, what I did. I, I'm I'm gonna guess that Bruce is a big fan of the movie, maybe. Well, and he, uh, I think he's got a uh, summer home in the general area. Oh, oh. So, there you go. Hey, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. One-timers news notes from the National Hockey League coming up as uh, we move the show indoors with Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman. You've been listening to live coverage on the gold carpet in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers. News and notes from around the NHL. It's everyone's favorite segment. 
I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, okay, Chapman, we're going to start with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who yesterday I wanted desperately to talk myself into being a playoff team. Um. Uh, but then Patrick Laine got hurt. It's a it's oh, an yeah. elbow sprain for Patrick Laine. He sustained it uh, in the second period yesterday of the Columbus Blue Jackets opener against the Carolina Hurricanes. He's going to be out three to four weeks. So I guess it's good in that it's not like a break or anything like that. It's only three to four weeks, but for a Columbus Blue Jackets team that was banking on Johnny Gaudreau to Patrick Line, rinse, repeat, this is going to hurt them, and and I think it's going to be something that makes me really glad, Chapman, I did not select this as a playoff team. Yeah, well, Johnny Gaudreau can certainly go out and earn his money now, being uh, <laughs> the, the, the only guy right now for, for Columbus, it would seem, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating because Liney is a guy who who you know you you can pretty much peg in for 30 40 goals and you're like okay no problem but for him to be out for 3 or 4 weeks it, it disrupts the chemistry a little bit right those guys are probably still working on working together and for one of them to not be there now for the first month of the season it, it kind of sucks. You know, Chapman, let's turn our attention to last night's game. Our last night's games in the NHL. Uh, was there one game in particular that you were really focused in on? Yeah, I, I was really interested in the Vancouver-Edmonton game. because so I. Because I, I think Edmonton is going to win the division, and I think Vancouver is going to fight for a playoff spot. And for 20 minutes, it looked like Vancouver was certainly going to do everything, you know, oh, all right, this is a good pick. Vancouver's going to be right there. And obviously, you don't, you don't take too much into one game, but it's almost like... It's the same old Vancouver Canucks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and it's so the same. And it's the same old Connor so, McDavid too. So, so here's the thing: it's the same old Connor McDavid, except for that it isn't. Now, this is not the first time Connor McDavid has had a hat trick in a season-opening game, but Connor McDavid to me this year is is begging to announce himself as a goal scorer. Like 60 goals for Connor McDavid. I recognize that a lot of people are going to hear me say that and be like, come on, there's no way. He's not a goal scorer. At least that's not his first option. And while you may be right, Connor McDavid is going to really challenge this year for the Rocket Richard. He wants to prove to the world that he's a goal scorer. He had three goals, one assist, four points in the opener yesterday. And Chapman, you're right. I watched that first 20 minutes. And I was like, oh my goodness. The Oilers are bad defensively. The Vancouver Canucks have a lot of dynamic offense, and Jack Campbell was not very good. Whew, this is going to be the same old Oilers, and it wasn't because Vancouver, over the final 40 minutes, were an absolute train wreck in their own zone. I don't know that last night changed my opinion on either club. I don't think that I'm higher on Edmonton or lower on Vancouver. I'm right where you are. I think Edmonton's tops in the division. I think Vancouver is one of those teams that should push for a playoff spot. Last night didn't change that, although it did reinforce to me Connor McDavid is looking to be a, a goal scorer this year, and he's looking to score 60. What do you say? Yeah, well, and the funny thing is, I, I, I certainly don't think that that's out of the question, because if you look at especially the guy he plays with on the power play, Leon Dreisaitl, he's a supreme distributor of the puck Yeah. on, on the power play. 17 assists the last couple of seasons, 28 the season before that. I mean, look, this is a guy who had 110 points last year. 55 of them were assists. So certainly, if McDavid is playing alongside Dreisaitl, 
the opportunity is going to be there for Connor to score a ton of goals. What I saw last night from Edmonton, when they fell down 3 nothing, they played angry. Mm -hmm. Like, Darnell Nurse was mm -hmm. angry. And the goal that he scored on the penalty kill right before the end of the second period, look, I don't know how often you see a three-on-one on a penalty kill, but Edmonton somehow did it last night. And I know Vancouver plays very aggressive on the power play, yep. but a three-on-one on a penalty kill ends with Darnell Nurse emphatically ripping it past uh, Thatcher Demko. Vancouver, I'm sorry, Edmonton was angry last night mm -hmm. when they fell down 3 nothing. It's a different type of Oilers team that I've seen in years past because they've been a bit passive, and, and we know that, that they obviously have the superstars. I think you're right on point. Connor McDavid said last night, I'm not just going to be a setup guy. I'm going to score goals this year, and I'm going to make everybody who doubted me eat it. You know what's even better for Connor McDavid? His second goal of the game was career point number 700. Good God. Connor McDavid, seven, <laughs> listen to this, Chapman. 701 points in 488 games played. What's, what's amazing to me about Connor, and there are only a few players that really fit this bill throughout their career, McDavid is almost a, an assist per game. 488 games played for Connor McDavid, 459 assists in his career. The guy's on another level. If he adds the goal-scoring touch and he, and he announces to the world that he is a dual threat in that he can score and he can make those plays that we've seen him make throughout his career, I think the sky's the limit for the point totals with Connor McDavid this year. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. Let's turn our attention now, Chapman, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah! The Toronto Maple Leafs, who everyone went into this season saying, yeah, it doesn't matter, the regular season, it's all about what they do in the playoffs, you can't collapse again in the playoffs. Last time for this core, last time for Kyle Dubas, who's in the last year of his contract. They have not talked uh, extension or, or anything like that. And the Leafs somehow find a way to lose to Montreal in absolute disastrous circumstances in that you give the puck away when you have clear control of it in the, in the defensive zone and it's some of your better defenders and Jake Muzzin who usually doesn't make those mistakes and then Matt Murray who just is is finding it really difficult to have a glove hand so um, Sheldon Keefe game number one you lose a one goal game late in the third period to Montreal and Sheldon Keefe comes out and says it's unacceptable how hot is the seat for Sheldon Keefe and this Toronto Maple Leafs team? Well, for them to lose in that in the fashion that they did to the team that they did. Yeah. And then you come back tonight and you're trailing a Washington Capitals team that was, you know, they had their doors blown off last night. Second night of a back-to-back. -back, they're on the road. For you to be losing to that team after the first period, that doesn't really fill me with confidence that things have changed in Toronto. Now I get it. Look, there's still two periods of hockey to go. Yeah. But I would have expected a Maple Leafs team to come out and play really inspired hockey because they're pissed off mm -hmm. with the way that they lost last night. If the first period is any indication on how this team is going to bounce back after a tough loss, this ain't it, guys. This ain't it. So let me ask you this question. Is there any chance we're wrong on Toronto. Like, I, I picked them to, to win that division. I think you had them at the top or at least maybe second-best team in the top division. Two, yeah. are, are we 
entering a scenario this season where the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are not as good as we expected them to be. I, I, I think they'll figure it out and they'll, they'll get into the playoffs. I think things will be fine and then we'll see the usual April from what we've come to expect from the Toronto Maple Leafs where basically they're, they're on the golf course in May. Uh, look, I hope I'm wrong because they're a fun team to watch. They have star players. They have guys that you kind of root for. I mean, I, I, I like watching them play. I like their players. Morgan Riley, a guy. Obviously, Austin Matthews is phenomenal to watch. Mitch Marner. Just a, a fun team, but at some point, it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there could be distractions. There could be, like you mentioned, a hot seat. This is a team, they're either going to, I guess overachieve isn't the word. They're, they're going to achieve what everybody expects them to do, or they're going to fall apart. And I, I root for the former, but somehow I don't think the latter is out of the realm of possibility. So let's turn our attention now to the Colorado Avalanche, who raised their Stanley Cup championship banner last night. There was a, a fun moment. Mark Hoppus, Blink-182, led the Avs faithful in another uh, singing a sing-along of all the small things. Um, did you happen to catch any of that banner-raising ceremony? There's a specific reason I'm asking. No, but I did see the interview that Mark Hoppus did with, with our friend Jackie Redmond mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. It My was favorite aw- part a bit of awkward, hockey. I think. My favorite thing about <laughs> hockey is when... My song plays in the building and everyone yes, sings along. Yes. That's great. Um, no, okay, so here's the thing. And and it took me a little bit of time, Chapman, to like understand what was going on. So the Chicago Blackhawks opened the season last night in Colorado against the Avalanche. Jack Johnson is a current defenseman on the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yes, yes, I did see that. When, when the banner was being raised, they cut to Jack Johnson on the bench, and I'm like, that's weird. Yes. Why are they showing just one Chicago Blackhawk on the bench? I don't understand what's going on here. And then all of a sudden, like cut two seconds later, he's on the ice, <laughs> yes. like joining in to the celebration. <laughs> yes. And it legitimately took me a little while. Chatting. Like I was sitting there like, why do I not understand this? In fact, I was sitting there saying, why is Dominic Kubalik on the ice? Yeah. <laughs> number eight, I just didn't understand it until I realized it was Jack Johnson. And then I realized Jack Johnson is a Stanley Cup champion yes. because he won it with the Chicago, with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So I, it was a little non-traditional. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before, but it was really cool of his former teammates to kind of allow him into that moment because he played for it just as much as they did. It was cool he got to be a part of it. Yeah, the funny thing is Jack Johnson's bounced around so much the last few years that I also forgot that he was a member of the Colorado Avalanche. I didn't I didn't even know that he signed with Chicago, but you look at it was with Columbus, Pittsburgh, a brief spell with the Rangers, Colorado wins the Stanley Cup with, with the Avalanche. But yeah, that was a cool moment. And, and obviously Jack Johnson, I think we, we root for him for probably non-hockey reasons because he's just, he shares the name with a great musician. Yeah. But it was cool to see. Maybe, maybe they should have had Jack Johnson out there singing Where All the Good People Go. Yeah, but they didn't win a Stanley Cup that's, on that's where the good point. people yes. go. They won it on the he- <laughs> on the heels of Blink-182, so we've got to give proper respect there. Um, today, the Philadelphia Flyers locked up Travis Sanheim with an eight-year, $50 million contract extension. He's 26 years old, $4.6 million uh, this season before his extension kicks in in 2023-24. Do you have any thoughts on this contract? Well, I think he, he, he probably... The Flyers are glad to lock him up. Yeah. Obviously, you know the term is always important. Uh, a, a, 
I don't want to say young player, but a, a, a decently younger guy. Uh, look, and the Flyers are responding tonight. They're they're smoking the Devils right now, three to one. Sanheim obviously does not have, or I shouldn't say obviously, but he has no points in the game. But that's a good. It's a good move for the Flyers. Um, I always root for guys to get their money, but I think maybe maybe it's one of those deals where hey, you know what? Lock lock myself up, get myself a long term deal, and and you know those aren't bad either. So uh, good for him, and and I think it's a good move for the Flyers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you're talking about a reliable young defenseman. You want to lock him in as, as best you can. There's going to be changes in terms of what the Philadelphia Flyers roster looks like over the next couple of seasons. So in my estimation, what I'm saying here is if you identify a piece that you want to be a part of that next core for when the Flyers are good again, um, and I don't I don't have any illusions. I don't think they're going to be good this year. Um, you, you lock them in. I as a young player, young, relatively young player, you always wonder about, you know, taking maybe a shorter-term deal to try to maximize the the increase in the salary cap. But for Travis Anheim, we're, we're talking about you know eight years and and fifty million dollars. I'm not turning that down ever. Yeah. yeah. So you you put <laughs> you put that contract in front of me. I'm taking it all day long. All right, that's going to do it today for one timers. What's today? Today is, I'm going to do the date because Darren doesn't do it. Thursday, October 13th. Those are your one-timers for Thursday, October 13th. When we come back, you know what it is. It's catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan, I know you are not a fan of the... Oh, Christopher, so I won't wait for the oh, Christopher from you, but uh, very, very excited uh, once we get done here, about a minute and 30 seconds or so, I'm going <laughs> to podcast the show and get my butt down to T-Mobile because, uh, I mean, look, it's it's you guys, you guys have done a phenomenal job of, of pumping it up today. Obviously, if you have tickets, I'm sure the people listening are super, super excited to get down there. I can't wait to see what's in store. I know we've gotten to hear Carnell Johnson sing a couple times this year earlier in the preseason, but this is the real deal, mm-hmm. right? I, lo- I love when, when the crowd yells nights and he just pauses. So I'm super excited to get down there. It's obviously a new season. I'm excited for, for what we've got in store. And 41 of these home games, and this is just one of 41. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm expecting the Golden Knights to come out and play a phenomenal game tonight. Um, look, I, I think they're hungry. I think this team was is angry. Like we talked about Edmonton being angry in the last segment. I think the Golden Knights are angry, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to the one thing I'm really looking forward to tonight is Paul Cotter playing alongside Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson. He mm-hmm. was really, really excited about it uh, when he was with you guys, but uh, when uh, Jesse Granger spoke to him this morning, he was really, really excited too, and he, he certainly emphatically let Jesse know how excited he was <laughs> to be able to play with those two guys. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, 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 I'm I, not big on predictions. I do think the Golden Knights will win. I think William Carlson and Jonathan Marsh, so we're going to have a really phenomenal game. I think Paul Cotter is going to have a really good game, too. The one guy I'm really looking forward to the most, though, I want to see Brett Howden. Because yeah. I, I feel like Brett Howden is a guy who, who we kind of forgot about. And not we as in you and I and Darren, but like the fans because he got hurt last year and he didn't get to finish the season. He was having a really good season up to that point, but now he's playing up the lineup with with Stone and Stevenson, a real opportunity for him. This is a guy who was a really high pick. And 
you know, I, I, he came from the Tampa organization. You know how well they've drafted over the years, and the Rangers kind of gave up on him. So I think I think this is a real opportunity for him to shine, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with Stevenson and, and Mark Stone tonight. Well, I think you're you're hoping, right, that he continues to, to be good on that line because if Brett Howden fills that spot, it allows you to have – William Carlson alongside Jonathan Marcheseau, and it provides more balance top to bottom. So uh, you're you're hopeful that that's a position that is kind of locked up because the the more you can have games where you can roll over your four lines like the Golden Knights did uh, on Tuesday against LA, the better off you are in this league. So um, good on you, Chapman. I'm not going to ask you who your night to shine is, but I'm sure we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. I will be with you in just a few minutes on the pregame show. That's next.